Hi, my name is Aisha Small. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Youth and Education podcast, where I interview interesting guests to explore developments in education, research and policy that affect young people, primarily in the UK. This podcast is brought to you by the Youth Think and Action Tank, LKM Co. Hello and welcome to episode 22 of the Youth and Education podcast, brought to you by LKM Co. This episode features Emma Shepherd of the MTPT project, which stands for Maternity Teacher, Paternity Teacher Project. Emma and I talk about um, why she founded the project, how um, she felt shame as a working mother who um, was off on the maternity leave and was still interested in her career and how she wanted to set up a like-minded community of people to do so. Um, we also talk about um, men's choices and how they're restricted uh, once they become parents by government policy. The emphasis that Emma's really talking about is how she wants the MTPT project to emphasise uh, men and women's, basically parents' choice in terms of how they control their career um, and engage with it once they become parents and that people don't automatically assume that parents are less ambitious, especially female parents. Um, alongside that, well, alongside Emma, there's also another guest, but she doesn't say very much, so Emma brought her daughter along, Lucy. Lucy's only two months old, so she doesn't say a great deal, but you can hear a little bit of her throughout the podcast. So she um, has happy gurgles at the beginning, and at the end is her gentle, uh, quiet snoring while she's asleep, so you might notice that. It was a pleasure to have Emma and Lucy. LKM co-believe society should ensure all children and young people receive the support they need to make a fulfilling transition to adulthood. Find us at lkmco.org. Can we listen to it now? Okay, so here we are for episode, I don't know what, of the Youth and Education podcast, LKMCO. And today I have Emma Shepherd, who um, is from the Maternity Teacher Paternity Teacher Project. And for the first time ever, I have another guest who is, um, is Lucy, but Lucy's not going to say very much. Because, well, she might. Well, she might do, yeah, because Lucy's only, how old is Lucy? Two months old now. Yeah, so she's not going to say a great deal. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, so Emma, can you tell me a little bit about um, MTPT? Um, so we are a project that was founded about 20 months ago. I know that because it's the same age as my older son. Um, and we inspire, empower and connect teachers choosing to complete uh, professional development whilst they are on parental leave as a way of um, managing their career break in a way that is suitable for them and their families. So in terms of, from your point of view, why is it important? Um, there's sort of three big reasons. The first is personal well-being. For some people, um, staying in touch with their intellectual identities and their um, teacher identities is really important for their mental health um, and to manage the transition from uh, non-parent to parent. Uh, the other thing is that we think that bridging that confidence gap whilst parents are on leave, teachers are on leave, um, can help with the retention crisis. It can keep them in the classroom for longer. Um, but also gender equality, both in parenting and in uh, leadership. If we've got a more confident women going back into the classroom after maternity leave, um, then we're more likely to have them progressing to leadership positions um, 
not being victims of the motherhood penalty and we were also more likely to be having conversations at home between partners um, asking them to to take on more of the the child care in order to enable those women to to gain those positions. Okay that's really interesting so when we we've had a, a bit of a meeting before this mm-hmm. and um, in my notes I wrote down reframing the conversation around CPD. Mm-hmm. So can you say kind of what you view CPD as being and why that's, that's an important thing? Mm-hmm. I think the CPD, the, the NICE Teacher Development Trust um, definition of it is anything that impacts student outcomes positively and um, I think it's really important to explore what that means for you and your practice and your students in your classroom. So some of the most powerful CPD um, that I've done has been to do with um, reading with my son and bedtime stories and the bedtime routine because of the um, the connections that I've been making between early years literacy and learning language learning and um, early phonics and that sort of thing and my key stage four students especially uh, some of my lower ability ones um, and how they access language um, and access the text and the stories that we're studying um, so strategies that I use with my son who is not yet two um, are as powerful for uh, my 16 year olds um, give an example. Um, so there's a a lovely set of series of story like board books about Shakespeare, and they they just have the beautiful visuals um, and one word. So love, friends, party, that sort of thing for the Romeo and Juliet one. Um, we study Romeo and Juliet in year nine at my school, or we did um, before we did start the GCSE. And um, we there's a beautiful one that um, has Juliet. With all the, you know, Juliet is the sun and Rome, or the east and Juliet is the sun, that quote. Um, and I've used that in lessons to look at um, light imagery. I've used the, the image from the book, light imagery um, and um, sort of celestial imagery and what it's saying about Juliet and where the light is coming from and therefore what it implies about Romeo's perception of her. And that's a page from a book that I read with Hugo when he was six months old mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and it's, it was so powerful for my students to visualise what Shakespeare was trying to create there. So why did you, you um, to that you know how old MTPT is mm-hmm. because it's the same age as your son mm-hmm. so I guess I have a bit of a clue but what made you set up MTPT? Um, my, uh, I felt a great sense of shame initially that I wanted to continue to do um, teacher type stuff when I was on leave because uh, society was telling me that that would make me a bad parent and a bad mother. Uh, the very loud message that I was hearing, um, whether that was perceived or otherwise, um, doesn't really matter actually, was that uh, the maternity leave that I was taking was time for me to be domestic, um, to sort of adhere to all the feminine mystique type stuff, uh, learn to bake. Um, and enjoy precious moments with my child and there was a very clear sense of precious moments not being what I wanted to do um, for myself and I find that really tough and um, the more I talked about it the more I was told to sit tight and get on with it Um, and I just felt that there must be other people out there feeling trapped and um, feeling like their choices were being repressed in the same way that mine was and um, I wanted to create a community so that people didn't feel like they were abnormal and to know that there was a like like minded people out there that that they could connect with and, and talk to and, and enjoy their parent those precious moments with their children in the way that they wanted to enjoy those precious moments. And have you um found that community? Absolutely. So we've got um more than two thousand followers on Twitter now. We've got a team of um seven volunteers who are amazing. Um t- 
15 advocates across the country, official advocates. Um, we are uh, constantly um, going to events and sort of promoting our work and receiving really great feedback from it. And a lot of people saying, I wish you were around when I had my three, you know, they're teenagers now, but that would have been so powerful for me. We meet, we meet regularly in London, the southwest, normally around Bristol. Um, Cambridge have uh, just started as a little region for us and uh, Birmingham. So we've got communities all around uh, there that there's enough of us to actually meet up and have coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and we run a regular uh, monthly Twitter chat on the last Tuesdays of every month about topics that are pertinent to our community and we get lots of great um, debate going on there. You guys have a website, don't you? Yes, www.mtpt.org.uk. Okay, that's interesting. So um, one thing I wanted to ask you was, you mentioned feeling a sense of shame, which which is terrible, actually. I think, you know, women should have the choices that they that they wish to make where mm-hmm. possible. Um, and when we were having a chat, you were saying that you've had some negative responses to mm-hmm. MTPT, which I was really surprised by. So, mm-hmm. you know, would you mind saying a little bit about that? Yeah, I think the, the biggest criticism is that if you are able to or want to do anything to do with, inverted commas, work whilst you're on leave, then you're somehow parenting wrong. Um, and a lot of the criticism has been that... Um, what we're doing is not realistic or that it's raising expectations for women at a really vulnerable time in their life that it contributes to postnatal depression and that sort of social expectations mm-hmm. um what we really empower is choice so in empowering one person's choice we shouldn't be repressing somebody else's so um and we don't believe that there's a right way to parent and we believe that a happy parent makes a happy child um, and we also believe that this idea of CPD isn't necessarily sitting in front of a screen all the time. It's about um, it's about learning, and we're in the industry of learning and exp- exploration and discovery. And that's those are all things that you would probably want to do with your child anyway. So why not do it together? Yeah, it's interesting actually because um, your full title is maternity teacher, paternity teacher projects, and mm-hmm. I was saying I had an interesting perspective because obviously I present as being kind of just a everyday mum, mm-hmm. but actually my partner had our children, so mm-hmm. I had the kind of more paternity mm-hmm. aspect of it, mm-hmm. which um, wasn't a great deal mm-hmm. only because uh, I'm a teacher, so um, our kids were born in summer holidays, so I got quite a bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, so, in terms of the dom- uh, dominant narrative around kind of um, maternity and flexible working it tends to be women obviously teaching is a female dominated uh, profession so that's Mm -hmm. a reasonable thing Mm -hmm. but what's the message um for men or for people taking uh, adoption leave or something Mm -hmm. um i think it's i think we are as unequal in our approach to parenting uh, with men as we are with work and women at the minute i think there's a really clear message to fathers that they they should be um doing certain things when they when they have children and that often involves earning money and breadwinning in order to provide for their children and it's, at, it's there when gender stereotyping really sort of becomes very obvious in a society where it's not very obvious actually for, for a lot of middle class women um, who who have their cake and eat it up until their late 20s and then they have children between their 30s and, and 50s and suddenly it becomes very obvious yeah <laughs> um, but I have been really struck by how little my my husband is able to do that he would like to do with our children because he has to go out and work the government doesn't give him um you know 12 months off with safeguarding his job um and his choice is is as disabled by by the society and and government policies as as mine is in, in many ways um so what the project does is is open up those discussions. We don't have the answer, but we, we it's really important for us to be 
talking about fathers and mothers, mm-hmm. but also about um, people who who don't have children and how the culture the cultures that are family friendly can impact positively on on other people who who choose not to have children or can't have children for whatever reason. In what way? Um, so we we hope that we're we're creating we're opening space for discussions. So we've just we've recently been started talking about um, how schools treat people going through IVF procedures. Yeah. It, there's no formal policies often for, for that. It yeah, I was in two different schools mm-hmm. um, when we were going through IVF. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was very lucky, actually, that mm-hmm. they were very reasonable about it, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I think other schools aren't necessarily so yeah. much. Um, and opening up discussions about what that actually involves and the emotional and physical impact of the IVF procedure, um, especially if it doesn't work out. Um, also, we've started talking recently about miscarriage and how schools deal with uh, women who have miscarriages and baby loss and, and the conversations around that um, uh, beyond sort of your bereavement, two or three days of bereavement, and does it is it even considered, considered bereavement? So because we've sort of opened up this this community of people who are are not. Uh, sort of judging what parenting should look like or how we should treat parents uh, in the education system um, and who are sort of more open-minded about about these approaches to maternity leave or parenting or working as a, as a teacher and a parent. Um, we're providing avenues for other things, other conversations to spring up in safe spaces. Okay, that's really interesting. Um, the, the conversation about uh, miscarriage and bereavement was a really interesting one because you raised it at the end saying, you know, do people even consider it as a bereavement? And I mm-hmm. think some people maybe don't. Or start, mm-hmm. If someone's been through it, it's, it's a big deal for them. Mm-hmm. Um, what do you feel about Saturday conferences? So the reason I'm asking is because over the weekend there was an announcement that Northern Rocks this year will be the last one. Mm-hmm. And the organiser um, was a lady called Deborah Kidd and she was saying mm-hmm. when she started it, um, there weren't that many, and now there are several. Mm-hmm. Obviously, they've opened up a lot of choice for people, mm-hmm. um, and she's wondering if there's a lot of pressure for people to use their Saturdays mm-hmm. to do that kind of thing. So I was wondering about your views. So that's that's a I think that it's a really um, topical one because as parents, we often want to safeguard our weekends for our children. Uh, whilst you're on maternity leave, sometimes the Saturday conferences are the only opportunity you get in a week to to take a break from your children uh, because your your partner is potentially at home and they can they can do the childcare and you can have that adult space. Mm. Um, we, again, we promote choice in that. So at uh, the timetabling, the Women Ed timetabling event in um, Reading just recently, uh, or near Discord recently, and the Women Ed London event the previous week, both of them had creches. Um, and within my community, I brought both my children along. I put Hugo, who's almost two, in the creche. I had um, Lucy with me all day because she's she's breastfeeding um i came on the train with a woman who has similar age children who left them at home with her husband um and it was just fantastic that because that creche was there we were able to make decisions and choices and because the culture uh, especially at women ed um is very open to to women having children you know that's, that's their target audience um then i knew that there was no issue with whatever i chose to do um Equally, we're looking more and more into live streaming and ed tech to enable access for people who who don't either don't want to go on the Saturdays or can't get there. So it's a geographical issue as well, um, or you know for whatever reason, even if there is a crash or that open culture, that childcare gets in the way. Maybe their children have ballet lessons or um, you know music lessons on a Saturday, and actually that that weekend time is for them and their enrichment. Um, so live streaming can be a really fantastic way of um, making those events accessible 
more flexibly um, for people to dip in and out of when they want. A little bit like watching Wimbledon, I find, is that you've got it on the background whilst you're doing other things. Mm. Yeah, good point. <laughs> um, and Research Ed are really great at doing that. I was going to say, Research Ed are very good at that. They've yeah. been doing that for a while, and yeah. also I know they were one of the first ones to have a crush. Yes, yeah. Um, and Buki Youssef at Women Ed is, is trying to uh, look into how, how to do that more for Women Ed. Um, and it's really great for our sort of niche community of people on, on leave because... Sometimes you just can't get out of your pyjamas in a day and, you know, your day starts at two o'clock and you're wrecked and you have no makeup on and you haven't washed for a few days. But, <laughs> but and, you're, and you're stuck under a baby and instead of staring into the distance or watching, you know, another series on Netflix, you do actually want to access some sort of debate and you can sit there with a phone in one hand and a screen on the other feeding and still be a part of that conversation. Mm-hmm. The way that we kind of came into contact was um, because of the... Uh, project I'm um, doing at the moment I'm doing at LK and Co with uh, the GLA to do with teacher recruitment and retention um, and just wondering what your you know how do you feel that you guys can contribute to the retention issue mm-hmm. for teachers and some of your stats and so on so we know that um, 3.4% of teachers are on leave at any given time. That's um, available from a Freedom of Information Act through uh, the DfE Schools Workforce Census. Um, we know that they take up an average of eight and a half months off, um, which is lower than other industries. Is that right? Mm. Interesting. Um, we know that um, 87% of people in education, not necessarily teachers, but people in education, return to the classroom. But that might be something to do with the 13 weeks that you have to stay in order to get your the nice the Burgundy Book maternity package that we have. Um, but we also know that um, 27% of the teachers who are leaving every year, according to the policy exchange, are women aged 30 to 39. Yep. We also know that... Um, 3% of the teachers coming back into teaching are coming back after a career break looking after families, but 7% are leaving uh, for the same reason. But that's actually quite deceptive because that's an NFER report um, from 2015, and it also includes leaving destinations as things like private schools mm. or um, working in education but not teaching. Yeah, because they kind of class education as a wider thing. So in mm-hmm. that respect, you know, everybody who works here would be classed as yeah. that, even though we don't teach. And um, some people don't. Uh, from some some of the small scale research that we've been doing, we know that um, a lot of women in, in that age bracket are leaving to work in independent schools, for example, because they're more family friendly. And so, uh, becoming parents has in part motivated their decision to leave. So that it could count up to sixty nine percent of the reason that people are leaving has got something to do with uh, motherhood or parenthood. Um, so, is your research still open? Uh, it is, so you can complete our survey uh, by going to www.mtpt.org.uk slash research. Smooth. Um, and there are two surveys there uh, looking at one for teachers, uh, women teachers aged 30 to 39 who've left the profession um, and women teachers aged 30 to 39 who are still in the profession uh, to look at what's what's retaining them but also what's pushing them out. Um, and that uh, will just give us a bit more information about what we can maybe do. We're going to follow up with quality of telephone interviews um, but at the minute the the reason that we're doing this research we're, we're we're not research specialists but we have a whole community of people who are advising us who are um, uh, we're doing it because nobody is paying any attention to this period of a, of a person's career everybody turns a blind eye to maternity leave and it's this big data data void so if we don't know anything about it then we can't we can't even know if it contributes to the teacher retention crisis but if it does then um, if we know more about it, then we can provide some solutions. Actually, some people actively feel that it's a time when people don't care about their careers. Mm-hmm. If I think about my 
uh, kind of experience in schools that mm-hmm. I know definitely some SLTs automatically wipe people off mm-hmm. um, because they assume that they're not going to be interested at that mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. and when they come back from their children. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, you mentioned some of the negative responses you had. It could be just because it's uh, challenging people's views mm-hmm. of what they think. And then, like, I don't think I've ever had any criticism that hasn't been well-intentioned or come from a good no, place um, or hasn't been a projection of people's own anxieties and worries about their own experiences so it's been really fascinating from a sort of listening perspective to hear that criticism and it really informs you about what the problem is um, and and how people are feeling Um, and as as much as you know some people really might not want to do anything to do with teaching and work whilst they're they're off for 12 months or six months or whatever and we all have the summer holidays when we just don't want anything to do with work we we all know that feeling definitely um but i think that uh, for those people who do because that's the assumption the well-intentioned assumption they don't feel like they really have any outlets to to do things that they want or if they do and they just beaver on with it on their own it's not valued Um, And that's when our accreditation process comes in, is that we're trying to uh, place value on any professional development or even personal development that has positive impact on student outcomes um, so that teachers can return to the classroom feeling confident and empowered to talk to their heads and their line managers about the the development that they've done and the learning that they've done whilst they're off and uh, to request ways to have impact in their schools and show that they're they're still interested in teaching and interested in um, potentially progressing if they want to or even to enable them to have conversations that might otherwise frighten them about stepping back from responsibilities or um, working out negotiating arrangements to enable better work-life balance for themselves now that they become parents. Thank you. So, um, Emma, I'd like to thank you very much for having the chat. And uh, mm. Lucy's falling asleep now. Oh, so she's, she's been snoring in the, in the background. <laughs> gentle snoring. <laughs> it's very soothing. Yeah, <laughs> I think, um, so my final thing is, I, uh, we, I know you're an English teacher, mm-hmm. uh, and I saw you taking some pictures um, going up the stairs mm. with the um, books. So what's your favourite book? Oh, gosh, uh, the Schoolsbeak asked me this as well. Um, and or, if favourite's hard, yeah. how about the one that you've most recently read? I'm trying to read The Feminine Mystique and a lot of people who have two small children will know that reading is a difficult one. It's a, it's a pleasure when we get it. Can I recommend audiobooks? Audible yes. saved my life. Yeah, so um, <laughs> we, I'm looking and investing in it because it, yeah. it might be the answer to me. But I'm reading The Feminine Mystique and uh, it's been on my wish list for a while after um, a friend in America, a librarian friend in America, um, described how sort of house layouts in the 50s were laid out as such that... Um, the the mother could always see her children but it meant that the mother was always on show Um, so there's nowhere for them to hide and I started looking as we've been doing various visits and traveling and visiting grandparents and stuff about the architecture of British homes and how a lot of galley kitchens in older homes and from the sort of uh, from Victorian times and the Georgian times there's definitely a place for women to hide if they don't want to be on display when everything just becomes too much in that domestic role um, and now that I'm reading it uh, it's really fascinating thinking about um, how before the before the first uh, the second world war and during the second world war women were incredibly empowered and it was the impact of the second world war and that sort of searching for security and um, clarity around roles and purpose that came after the war and um, in the cold war that really drove women in america especially to to go back into the home and for men to be a certain um, standard of, of masculinity and it's really interesting to to understand that we haven't necessarily 
it hasn't always been terrible for women. Actually, beginning of the century, there was a lot of progress, and then that went backwards after, well, what many perceive, people would perceive as backwards after, after the Second World War. Uh, it's, um, it's really enlightening. I'm enjoying it when I can touch it. <laughs> Sounds fascinating, mm-hmm. actually. So, yeah, I'm audible. That's my tip mm, to give definitely. audible a go, especially if you listen to Radio 4, so you'll be listening to I love to stuff. Um, Radio 4. Hooked, yeah. Um, we'll be you? on the listening project at some point as well with me and my mum, yeah, talking about maternity leave that's and generational differences between maternity leave. We're excited about that. That's interesting. Well, yeah. thank you very much, and I'll stop recording now. Thank you. Hey, people. I love making this podcast. If you enjoy listening to it as much as we enjoy making it, there's a few things that you can do. One, subscribe. Press the subscribe button on iTunes or wherever you listen to it. Two, share. Share this episode with somebody who you know will find it interesting or is affected by the specific issues covered. Three, review. Write a review or leave a comment. Also feel free to contact us via the links on the show notes. Thanks a lot. Bye.